0: Father, I thank you for the Word. I thank you, God, that without the Word, nothing would exist. We wouldn't exist. The universe wouldn't exist. And God, because of the Word, um, we breathe air. we have life. Because of the Word, Jesus, coming to the planet, we have eternal life. And Lord, I pray this morning that we would have a deeper understanding of your word. Help me to get through what you want me to get through. Help our hearts to be receptive to receive what you want to say to us. Amen. Holy Spirit, have your way in Jesus' name. So I kind of want to real quickly go over what I spoke about last week because it's super interesting. A lot of you um, weren't here last week, but there was a whole lot of people that were here last week. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's, it's online now. It's, it's, it's actually playing as we speak. Um, But anyway, I just want to race through. So last week I entitled a message called um, Standing in the Gap and Building a Wall. It's based out of the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 22. So I'm going to race through this, Ezekiel 22, catch up. If you get a chance, watch the message that will be up from last week uh, through the week. But I'm going to run run through it. So anyway, uh, Israel was in a terrible mess. Uh, Israel had been chosen by God to be different to the world and God wanted to show his glory and show his wonder and show what it was for a people if they would follow him that how they would stand out and how their lives would be blessed and, and, and just be made and living why they were created. But Israel had turned its back on God. Israel had pretty much became exactly like the world and even at that time, Israel was even sacrificing their own children to other gods. It was a messy, terrible state of affairs for what God had wanted to be his people. And they were way far from it. Ezekiel was raised up by God uh, in order to speak to the people. So Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-eight 28 says this. Uh, and the people of the land have used oppression, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy. And they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. They were not caring about nobody but themselves. They were just living life for themselves and were not following God. This is God's response in verse 30. So I sought for a man among them who might make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. See, God... Is a God who has made the laws of the universe. God is a God that has made the law of sowing and reaping. If you sow stupid stuff, you're going to reap stupid stuff. You know, it's life. And God also, because He's holy and righteous, because of the rebellion of man that started at the Garden of Eden, uh, there are consequences for when we don't do it God's way. And God was looking to think, well, I'm a sovereign God. These people, my nation Israel, have turned their back on me. And because I'm a righteous God, I I have to judge. I have to judge the situation. But I know that if surely I can just find one person who will stand in the gap and plead for this nation that has turned its back on me, I will withhold my judgment because of their cry for their nation. This is what it means when God is looking for someone to stand in the gap. God in His sovereignty, look at the world today. It is chaotic. It is crazy. It is messy. It hates God. It's turned its back on God. There are horrific things happening. That example of what's happened in Uganda. How can somebody go into a school and shoot defenseless children and then burn them? The world is wicked. And there is immense wickedness going on. And God in His righteousness and His holiness is looking around knowing that He has to judge wickedness because of who He is. But He's looking for people today like you and I who will actually stand in the gap. Cry out to Him, you see, because there's something about God that we all need to know. God is a God that has to judge evil. But there is a higher law... There is a higher part of who God is, that because God is a God of love, He is a God of great graciousness and mercy. And God's mercy wants to reach down where He should give judgment. And for some reason, God has called in His sovereignty us to participate with Him and calling Him to bring mercy to this planet. Do you understand? You and I, if you are a Christian, are someone who has a role or a play, a part to play in God's mercy coming to a place that should be judged. God wants to pour out mercy on this nation. And he's crying out for people to stand in the gap. Remember, I'm just going to race through this. Um, I sought a man, but I could find no one, man or a woman. Uh, Psalm 53 verse 2 says, God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there is anyone who understands and who seeks Him. Note the word understand. God is looking for people, you and I, who understand and who seek Him. The word understand, He's looking for people who understand the state of the world, the fact that God is a holy righteous judge, But he's also for looking for people who understand that, yes, God is a holy, righteous judge, but he's a God of mercy. Are you someone that understands who God really is? There are Christians who are caught on the judgment aspect of God, and they see that God wants to judge And they know it and they understand that, but they have missed out on understanding the wonderful, gracious, merciful heart of God. And we see that in the demonstration of Him sending Jesus Christ to a world that should have been judged. Do you understand? Do we as a church understand the judgment, but do we understand the merciful love and heart of God? And do you understand that you are a person of tremendous potential because you can call God's mercy down to a situation with your family, with your friends. God's looking for you to stand in the gap for people in your life who need his mercy. Are you standing in the gap? Uh, Tuesday night, on Tuesday night at Kieran's house, Kieran sent a message, I don't know who else got it, um, come and pray. So there was a bunch of us who went to the house and prayed at Jerusha and, Ki- Jerusha and Travis and Kieran and Ryan's house. I don't know how to and describe Aliana's. And Aliana's. <laughs> so we, we had a prayer. It's funny because when I was preparing this message, I really wanted to, to create a, a prayer meeting on a Tuesday for this very reason for people to come and stand in the gap. Kieran jumped the gun. And I thought, well, that's cool. I'll, we'll just go. This Tuesday night, they're going to have the same opportunity for someone to come or people to come and pray and stand in the gap. I encourage you, come pray. Pray for the situations in your life where people need God's help where people need God's mercy. Come and stand in the gap. You don't have to be there. Notice the corner that we have over there. That's prayer corner over there. We've been encouraging people to come to church whenever you want, however you want, and come and pray and stand in the gap for our town. Come and pray and stand in the gap for your family. Come and pray and stand in the gap for this nation of Australia. We need to be people who stand in the gap. Last week, hallelujah. Pick it up next week. Uh, Pick it up on the internet, the rest of it. Um, James 2.13. For judgment is without mercy to the one who shows no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Do you understand? God's mercy, God's love, God's heart for you and I triumphs over the judgment aspect of what God wants to do. God wants mercy to triumph over judgment on this planet. We are meant to be the people that stand in the gap. Hallelujah. Right, moving along. Uh, God was looking for, number one, people to stand in the gap. But know what he said previous to this. There's, a fir- there's two requirements of what he was looking for. It says this in Ezekiel 22, uh, verse 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me. Make a wall. Standing in the gap. Yeah, man, stand in the gap. Let's cry out for this world. Let's cry out. Let's let's be people who seek God and cry out for the lost. But friend, if you don't build a wall, you will not stand. There are two aspects that we need to do and you need to do as a Christian. Number one, build a wall. Number two, stand in the gap. If you try and stand in the gap without building your wall, you're not following God's plan and you will not last standing in the gap. So I want to talk to you today and as I did last week about what it means to build a wall. Why was God saying, yes, stand in the gap because mercy triumphs over judgment. Why does he need us to follow whatever, whatever this thing means to build a wall? Someone tell me what a wall is. My husband, he never listens to me. No. What's a wall? Wall can hold up a roof. What's a wall? Protection. I'll give you a definition of a wall. This is still last week. Uh, Make a wall. The definition in the Old Testament when you read about what it means when it says make a wall, it means build a wall. Block a road by building a wall to stop the, part or the, the pathway of that road. Um, it's about building a wall of prayer. But what I want to talk to you today about is the aspect of building a wall in your mind that is a wall Built out of some particular things that will protect you through your journey of faith, and it will protect you when you stand in the gap from the onslaught that the enemy will do if you try and stand in the gap now i 'm going to give you three aspects of what a wall does. number one, a wall will define boundaries and territories walls define a boundary and the territory within those walls. so when you build a wall, if a country like the wall of the Great Wall of China was built to define what China was and to define what was outside of China. So when you and I are going to build a wall in our mind, it is basically building a wall that defines territory within your mind and within your thinking. It defines the territory that is God's territory and it defines those things that are not part of what God's stuff is. You with me? A wall defines territory. You must, in your mind, you must, in your thinking, know what it means to define uh, God's territory in your thinking. Because you have been influenced by the world and the way the world thinks, which is, which is absolutely, gosh, look at the time, which is absolutely opposite to what God says. and The world is so opposite. Build a wall. Defines boundaries and territories. Number two, it keeps the enemy on the outside instead of letting the enemy come on the inside. The enemy wants to get into your mind and into your thinking and take control of how you think. When you build a wall in your mind, you are building a protection mechanism that keeps the enemy out instead of letting him in. The Bible clearly tells me and tells you that as you think you will become, that's why the enemy wants to come in and occupy the territory that should be God's by getting inside the way you think. He wants you to think The way the world and he thinks, which will cause you destruction, heartache, and anxiety. Interesting, this has been brought up. Christian, you must build a wall in your thinking because if you don't, you will be just like the rest of the world. A wall defines territory, a wall protects you from the enemy. We have an enemy. Look at what he's doing around the world. The third thing that a wall does is it protects what's on the inside. It protects the preciousness, the wonder, the truth. You've got to protect the truth. Do you understand? Hallelujah. A wall, that's why... God's saying to Ezekiel, man, I was looking for someone who was smart enough to build a wall, a wall where they were not like the rest of the planet and doing all that dark stuff that they realized that they needed to put up something that was a barrier to the evil and darkness. And I'll say it again, you will not be able to stand standing in the gap if you don't have a wall of protection in your mind. Because when you start attacking the enemy, when you start standing in the gap on behalf of your family, friends and nation, the devil will come at you and he will hit you as hard as he can because he hates you because you are a threat. Do you understand? Build a wall. So I'm kind of going to do a series about the mind. So my message this morning is entitled Building a Wall of Protection in Your Mind. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 says, and this is the beginning of when Jesus came to the planet and he was trying to explain, he's trying to get us to get something that he came and he came to do something. And he came to do something that was absolutely essential for the world because the world was under the judgment or was going to come under the judgment of God. Everybody when they die is going to face the judgment of God. I don't care who you are, doesn't matter if you don't even believe it, friend, we will all face the judgment of God. God knows that, and he sent Jesus. Now watch what Jesus said when he began his ministry. Matthew 4, 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what's he saying? Well, two things. Repent. Why? Why? Because the kingdom of heaven had come to the planet. Now there is a confusion about what the word repent means. Because the world has sent out these pictures of someone with a billboard standing, you know, who's half crazed, uh, looking crazy and saying, repent, repent, repent. And looking like some nut. And the enemy has tried to uh, make people not understand what the word repent means. You can't repent if you don't know what it means. And there is a massive confusion about what people think repent means. Repent does not in itself mean stop doing bad. That's not what repent means. Stop doing bad will come a resu- as a result of repenting. So what does repent mean? I'll give you some definitions because I like you. Because I'm a good pastor. Can I have an amen? Amen. Oh my God, they believe me, God. (laughs) Repent means to change one's life, change what you do, how? Based on a complete change of attitude and thinking concerning sin and righteousness, to think differently, to change how you think. So let's go back to what Jesus said. Jesus said, repent, stop thinking the wrong way. Stop thinking or conforming to the way the world thinks. Because heaven has come down to you. And heaven is right beside you, but you're looking and going and thinking the wrong way. And he's saying, stop thinking like that. Turn around because heaven is right before you because the kingdom of heaven has come to you and you've got to start thinking the way the kingdom of heaven thinks. Do you understand? Do you agree, disagree? See, heaps of people are trying to stop doing dumb stuff and they're trying to do it on the outside when they're not changing the inside. You can't change the outside till you change the inside. And how do you change the inside, friend? You work on that inner person within you and stop that person inside of you thinking the way the world has, which has caused all this this craziness. See, that's the building of the wall. The building of the wall is building a fortress or a place of protection that thinks how God thinks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look, I'll show you again. Romans twelve two. I read Romans 12, 1 earlier. It's about what our, our proper sacri- what our true worship is. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't think like they do. I do stupid actions, though. Eh? I watched myself on the video the other day, and I thought, I've got to, got to clean my act up. I look like a nutter. Keeping me, hallelujah, I want to be the you that God wants me to be do you that 's quite cool. I like that. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing Of your mind. Notice this is repentance. This is biblical repentance, is to don't conform, follow the pattern. Conform means following the pattern of something and its fashion and its culture and how it thinks. He's saying, don't do that stuff. Rather, be changed, be transformed, become something other than you are right now become something different by the renewing of what anybody got a mind here friend it is so important we understand the importance of what goes on inside our heads it is so important we understand the need to put the right stuff in and get the wrong stuff out. It is so important we understand what it is to build a place that uh, protects and defines the territory of the kingdom of heaven within you. Repentance. Stop thinking stupid. Start thinking transformation because that's what God does. Sean, I met Sean. Sadly, I met him. I did. Because <laughs> he was a mate of the boys, and I think it was at Izzy's Bucks Party, was it? And they, oh, was it Zach's or Izzy's? one of yours. He came up, and I met this young man, and he was kind of a little bit, you know, withdrawn and a little bit whatever. I don't know, Sean, and, but it was nice to meet you. I'm only joking. But I've had the pleasure of watching when he met the kingdom of heaven. I had the pleasure of watching and have, still watching and looking for more of transformation. And I know, Brooke, you're blessed because he's not what he was because I don't think you would have married him then. I don't know. Does it work, Sean? Does transformation work? Do you wish you were back where you were? I'm going to go 10 more minutes friends stop being like the world can't you see how stupid the world is, can't you see how dark and trapped it is can't you see the danger of letting the world take control of you and what it produces in you I don't want what I used to be I want more of the kingdom of heaven in my life. I want more of Jesus in me. I want more of my mind thinking what he thinks. Because what he thinks is powerful and revolutionary. What he thinks transforms and changes me. Amen. Who does it say should renew their mind? Well, Pastor Keith, you need to do it for James. You need to renew James' mind. Not. Nah. James has to do it himself with God. I can teach you how. Where you are right now is a result of all the choices you have made in your life. Do you understand that? The world wants you to blame everybody else. The Bible wants you to own where you're mucked up. Hallelujah. Don't conform. Now, I want to use the example because I want, for me, I'm still hungry, man. I remember, God's been saying to me, Keith, Your wall, man, that you have put around your mind has got some problems because you have not been maintaining it as good as you should have. And I used the illustration last week of the church at Deniliquin when Terry and I went and looked at it. And can you remember, Terry, the fence that was falling down? They fixed it. Looks good. That fence was built by somebody who knew how to build a fence, but they didn't maintain it and it fell down. And I felt God tell me I had not been maintaining my mind wall the way I should be. And that I'm letting little bits. You know, like when you see a wall over years and a, a one rock or however it's built falls off and whatever. Uh, I'm, I know you're all real clever and smart and you, don't, you maintain your walls real well, do you? Build a wall. Now, I, I'm quite a practical man. Wilson, Darren, you know that. I'm a practical person. I used to be a builder. So I asked myself the question, okay, if we're meant to build a, wall, build a wall, and I know I've been talking to Izzy, Izzy and I are looking at building a fence around his block, and you know, it's kind of like, we know we need material to build the fence, right? You can't build a wall with no material. You can't. It'll just be subjective and nothing will happen. So any smart person knows they need material in order to build a wall. And my friend, it is no different for you if you want to build a wall of protection in your mind. You must get the material to build the wall. Am I right? And you know what the material is, most of you. The material that you need to build a wall of protection around your mind to get the renewed mind so you can transform and change and not be like the world is the Word of God. Think about this. Think about it. The Word of God is the building block of the universe. The Word of God was the material that God made to build everything that we see. The Word of God was the material that God used to make you. You are a result of God gathering the material of the Word of God and speaking it out. Am I right? Material for you is the word of God. You're not know the big jokers. Sadly, most of us neglect gathering the material and we wonder why we don't have a wall. Why is all this stuff going on? Why am I thinking this way? And you know, oh ah, 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 Sorry, I, I care. I do. It's because we don't get the material together which is the word of God and too many Christians don't know the word of God. Too many Christians get by on meager amounts of the word and they wonder why they're not transforming or changing because they haven't gathered the material. Friend, the material is the most incredible material because the universe was made by it which is the word of God. Someone stuck that over the clock. Is that a divine signal? Are you getting something out of this? And I'm not angry. I'm just happy. I am, man. I'm happy. Friend, stop living in the dribble. Stop living in the rubble and the mess and the yuckiness inside your head. Stop it. I want to use the example of anxiety this morning as a means to show you how you can build a wall through a scripture in your mind. Remember, if you don't get the material, James, Ben, I'm just picking on anybody. It's random. You won't build a wall. You won't. And if you don't build the wall of protection, the influence of the world will be greater than than the influence of God in your life. So, Race down. Matthew talks a lot, and Matthew chapter 6 talks a lot about, hey man, don't worry. Don't worry like the world does. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. It says, don't worry. It doesn't say, I understand why you worry. I get it. Life's tough. It's okay. You can worry. No, 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 no. no. The Bible says, don't worry. God is mean. Surely he must understand how hard life is, and we should—we should naturally just worry. No, because worry is not about how the kingdom of heaven thinks. Worry is a product of how the world is. Worry and anxiety are a product of the world and all the mess that it does. You with me? That's why he says, don't worry. God understands that mankind has a massive problem with anxiety and worry, but he has an answer to worry and anxiety. Man, you can worry about your business. You can worry about your children. You can worry about everything. I've had some worries recently. (coughs) Plenty of them. Plenty of them. How do we get forward? How do we move forward? You know, God said to me, Darren, bless you. Where is he? Oh, he stepped out. Oh, no, there he is. I think you've gotten more handsome since last week, Darren. Who loves Darren? I don't know why you do, but you do. So it's good. No, he's a good man. Don't worry. Matthew tells us. Now listen to this. This is the... The recent latest statistics about the nation of Australia that you live in halfway through or towards the end of COVID. So these are stats from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Now, I am not a counsellor. I am not a mental health worker. I am not someone who is an expert at the subject of anxiety other than what the Word of God says. And I'm not really an an expert. I'm getting better at it. Okay, stats. Over two in five Australians Australians aged 16 to 85 or... 43.7% 43.7% or 8.6 million people had experienced a mental disorder at some time in their life. Uh, one in five, 2.4% or 4.2 million had a 12-month mental disorder. Anxiety is the most prevalent mental disorder in Australia today. There is a massive problem in Australia with mental health disorder called anxiety. Now, friend, this is diagnosed. This is diagnosed. This is not everybody else who struggles with worry as well. This is them diagnosing somebody or people, and it is a massive portion of this country, let alone all of us who have to live life and be challenged with all the things that happen around us. You get me? God doesn't, isn't stupid. He doesn't set some unrealistic uh, expectation on us by saying, don't worry. He's just saying, man, I can get you through that. I can get you out of that. You don't need to worry because I'm on your side. So this is a scripture that you can use in regards in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through to 7 in regards to Anxiety. I'm going to read it to you in the NIV Bible. Do not be anxious. Here's this thing again. What the heck? Shut up, God. What do you mean, God? I have every right. I should be anxious. No, he's saying, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Yeah, but I've got some big problems. I've got some big problems. But God is saying, don't be anxious about anything. Meaning... He has the answer to, that. doesn't matter how big your worry, doesn't matter how massive, whatever you are feeling anxious about, you don't have to be, because he has a pathway to get you through it. Doesn't matter how big it is, and life can bring some big ones. Be anxious about, do not be anxious about anything. Now here's the building material to help you with anxiety. Number one, God Okay, you're telling me, I know I'm feeling anxious, but you're telling me I don't have to. Okay, I'm going to believe that. What do we do next? But in every situation, oh, but this is a big one. Oh, but every situation, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Prayer, petition. How come he said prayer and petition? How come he just didn't say prayer? Because there's a difference. Prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Three building materials found in the word of God that will help take away anxiety from you. You believe me? Shall we finish now? Three. Three things. I got to tell you these three things have been vital to me over the last few months prayer petition and thanksgiving prayer what's prayer well oh father oh what's prayer prayer is not some religious act of you know reciting whatever prayer Is talking to God. If you are anxious, if you are struggling with whatever, step one is start talking to God. I'm not angry. Okay, I got to tell me. I'm not angry. Prayer. So me, God keeps waking me up in the middle of the night. It's not fair, I want to sleep. Pray. Pray. Our father would tell him, no, man, I was just talking to him. Saying, God, you know what's going on in my life. You know the challenges with the church. You know this, you know that. You know the fine.' you know that, da, 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 da. And I just start talking to him, number one. If you have anxiety, you need to start talking to him. One, it's real simple. Two, with petition. Petition is saying, here's the problem. Petition is, we have a problem, God, this is my problem, here you go. He already knows it anyway, right? But you know what sometimes we don't understand is, we don't understand the problem. The problem is so full of all these other things and it can be such a myriad of whatever, but when you start to petition God, you break up and identify whatever is going on causing you your anxiety. You with me? Petition. And sadly, we can stop there. Because we can pre- be pretty good at God and then, life's oh, miserable, God. It's horrible. You don't know what I'm going through. Blah, blah, blah. But the third thing is a massive key. And it is a massive key to me. A massive key is what? Thank, Thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving is revolutionary, friend. Because modern psychology wants people to deal and identify with their problems, but they blame shift and they give whatever. And if you're on medication, God bless you, go for it. You do what your doctor says. It's not my job. I'm not in that realm. I'm about pointing you to God. Thanksgiving is a very powerful tool. They have done studies about Thanksgiving with people with mental health problems. And they have noticed that when people begin to thank, just say thank you for things in their lives, there is something that changes in the brain. Why? Because God designed the brain. So you know what I do? And I I was weighted a few weeks ago with everything around my world, man. And my shoulders were like feeling pretty heavy. And I talked to God. I remember waking up in the morning and thinking, oh, God, you know the problems. And then I started to begin to thank him. Yeah. Thank you for my beautiful wife. Thank you for the breath of my lungs. Thank you, God, that you have rescued me more times than I can count. Thank you, God, that I know you. Thank you, God, that my kids are on a journey loving you. Thank you, God, I'm in a church with a whole lot of cool people. Thank you, God. And as I began to say thank you, thank you, thank you, there was a transformation took place in my brain. Prayer petition. And you know what else? Thank you is a step of faith. Because thank you, Jesus, you're going to bring my answer. Thank you, Jesus, that we're going to get through these challenges because you're on my side. Faith. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then it says this, and I'll finish with this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, And thanksgiving, present your request to God. Notice what verse 7 says, and this has been my experience on a myriad of situations. And the peace of God, which is the opposite to the anxiety that so holds so many lives. Peace is the opposite to anxiety and worry and fear. And God is the Prince of Peace, and He distributes peace to us even through the most difficult situation. Hallelujah. And the peace of God that passes something all natural wisdom. It's bigger than how the world thinks. It's more powerful. And the peace of God which passes all natural understanding what does it say? Will God will build a wall of protection around your mind? Is this speaking, Courtney? What a fantastic testimony! Because we all have p- points and moments, friend. When we, we the world, once there is tough stuff, and we fall, and we can worry, but we're not meant to stay there. Because we are of a different kingdom. We're of a different kingdom. And I've got to tell you, man, I would much rather have in my mind the peace of God which passes. It's bigger than that stuff. Because, man, it brings rest. It brings strength. It brings hope. It brings the kingdom of God into me. And i got to tell you, it guards me. And you know what? It positions me to move into the answers of what he has for me. Because he has never left me. He has never left me in my messes. He's brought a pathway out of them. Amen. Amen. Amen? Hallelujah. Can we close our eyes? Oh, one last thing. I'm just going to give this next scripture because I want to talk about this one next week. And it's a very powerful scripture found in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through, through to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we're in the world, man, the world, the world. We do not war according to the flesh. We, we don't use what the world uses. We don't, we don't need to use that stuff that the world uses. Uh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Note, the mind casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to, to God's will. What does it up there? To, to Christ. The cross. But that's next week. So close your eyes. You know, God, we are earthen vessels in deep need of you. And God, you didn't leave us. You didn't leave the world the way it was, even though the world deserved judgment. No, 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 you sent your son Jesus because God, you are a God of incredible mercy and love and grace. And we have had the privilege of receiving Jesus, the word of God. I pray for each ear hearing this today. Father, that they would gather the material that will help protect them from the chaos of this world that would help them build those places of protection so they themselves can stand in the gap for their families. That we, Lord, would be people that would gather the material which is your word, which is the building block of the universe. And, God, that we can build those walls and know what it is to have the peace of God which passes everything else. Lord, I pray that over each person this morning in the name of Jesus Christ,